Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who at this time tomorrow will be wearing the colors of his rival team, Derek Halpin. I don't know that for a fact. I it, It's been suggested to me that I could be wearing Chicago Cubs colors and shirt or uniform or whatever, but uh, I don't know if it's actually going to happen. Does that I've been threatened with it. Does it hurt you on the inside? Is that something that like you're going to be so uncomfortable if people on the internet see you not in white socks gear? I'm sure that no, I'm not going to be happy about it if that's what you're asking, but I don't know whether or not uh I I know Megan. Megan will Megan will distribute it on the internet to humiliate me. And besides, we're talking about it on the podcast. How much worse can it get? Well, I feel like most people listening to this are like, they're talking about baseball. I pretty much just tuned out. Yeah. No. But uh, tomorrow, I, my girlfriend will be celebrating her birthday, and I'm taking her to a Chicago Cubs baseball game. Uh, first night game. And so celebrating her birthday, taking her out, doing fun stuff. And uh, I guess uh, stay tuned to the end of the episode because we have another fuck, Mary kill, courtesy of my girlfriend. We're putting it at the end this time. As much it's as I enjoyed doing end. it, I feel like the uh, the most common response to it was, Jesus. <laughs> they want more. You they can act it. like they don't. And you know what I want? I want you to hit our goddamn music. Wearing so, uh, the colors of your your least favorite team is a that's hard. I like like for me, I'm a huge St. Louis Blues fan. Derek is a Chicago Blackhawks fan. If we ever had a bet where I had to wear one of his jerseys out in public, I just as well hang myself. That's how I feel. So that's how I can get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it takes. It's, just wait for it's, you to fall asleep. It's pretty simple. Slip the jersey on you. Yeah, no, uh, it's not something I, I would particularly enjoy doing. I've done it one time for her in the privacy of, of my of my uh, home, but no, not out in public. Fuck that. What uh, is there a wrestler shirt you would be embarrassed to wear to an event? There's a ton of wrestler shirts I would be embarrassed to wear to an event. Like which? Like what's the first one that comes to your mind where you're like, if I had to wear this out of the house? Any John Cena shirt from the last 10 years. Any John Cena shirt. Just I'm sure the, that offends bright. somebody, but I don't care. Yeah. No, any of the bright shit that says hustle, loyalty, respect. Hey, I can't do a bright color like that. I need a, you know, we wear a lot of black shirts. That's what they give them to. They're slimming. They're you slim- were talking. That's another one of the things that I guess wrestling fans, you know, you talk about the stench. They have a particular odor at the show. Yeah, a lot of black shirts. That's another thing. Closets full of them. Oh, my entire closet is black shirts. If I, you know what? I, I actually enjoy Cena, so I wouldn't be embarrassed. You asked if you would, if I would be embarrassed wearing a some a wrestling shirt. I would not be happy to wear like Cena's bright lime green shirt with him like saluting and running down the ramp. 
with like the what the marquee letters saying hustle to loyalty and respect i would also be embarrassed to wear that b team shirt i would actually be embarrassed to wear most wwe shop shirts right now they have they've slipped a little bit in creating shirts that i think we all want to buy they have been shit but let's let's stay positive because man <laughs> we have a we have such a smorgasbord on tap today, so much, uh, uh, what would you call it, fan interaction with oh, this episode? As you know, uh, we're going to go ahead and do this right now. Rate, review, subscribe. If you leave a five-star review and let us know it was your review, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I don't care. Let us know, and we will watch whatever you want us to watch. Worst match you've ever seen, best match you've ever seen. Uh, I don't know if I have to watch Jesse Ventura talk about some conspiracy theories. I'm up for that. Give me anything. You can make us watch a whole Hall of Fame ceremony. Oh, fuck. What? Don't tell them that. I, well, you've been pushing the fucking Total Bellas thing, so that's, I'm putting that out there. Oh, that's fun, though. You, the Hall of Fame is hard. I don't know. The Bushwhackers have been my favorite Hall of Fame induction ever. That, hey, that was a great one. What was your least favorite? Maybe Mr. T. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and not oh. just because it's one of the weirdest ones in recent. You know what? No, that was a memorable one. That was a memorable one. If I sat through That's that. That's all you really ask for, right? Is memories. Like you're asking, like you don't want it to be boring and too emotional. You would rather it be like ridiculous and memorable. Yeah. Like five years ago, Mr. T's mama had her WrestleMania moment. <laughs> but going, going back to where, where I was going with this, uh, this is an episode where we kind of check off a lot of things on the on the list of things that fans have requested for us to check out. What's the first one we got on the on the docket? We're clearing the docket today. We're clearing the docket. Well, the first one comes from our good buddy Lowell, who we did meet at Starcast and whose uh, name to- you said many times. And I'm going to say Lowell as many times as I can. And Lowell requested a comedy match from uh, what was it, a local Winnipeg promotion? Yeah, a local Winnipeg wrestler named uh, named Tyson Smith. That's a that's a standout name. But uh, also Tyson known as Mister Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's doing way better with that name. Anyways, Lowell requested a comedy match for us to check out. I don't I don't know if we we haven't really covered a ton of comedy matches to this point. We've gone back and done your Tully Blanchard shit, but we haven't done a lot of comedy. Hey, that Tully Blanchard shit was awesome. <laughs> I wasn't it wasn't a knock. I'm just saying that we've done we've done some old school what, AWA like type 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 deal, what do you whatever. Yeah, I feel like that's we were diving deeper into to older older matches here and uh this week we got a couple newer ones or you know at least within the last uh last 20 years hey man we watched fan cam footage of this match what was it pcw is what they called yeah pcw in was it in montreal it was i think it was in winnipeg i thought it was a winnipeg promotion because that's where he's from right okay that sounds right yeah first comedy match right off the bat uh, well, one, like you said, we watched this through fan cams. As far as I could tell, there were no actual cameras filming this event. There may have been, but we didn't find that footage. We did not have access to that. <laughs> so we got the same view we would have if we were just in this bar that Kenny Omega wrestled at. And as, from what I understand, I believe it was, uh, what was it, in 2017 
So yeah, they said in the video it was 2017. So would this have been? This would have been before his second match with Okada. This was in during the build to your Wrestle Kingdom that you went to. Oh, so he had just had that match with Okada then. Like, um, I know that at the end of the match, Kenny was plugging, telling everyone to go watch Wrestle to watch Wrestle Kingdom because he was facing Jericho. Okay, so I think he had just come off of that. That would have been around the G one. I think like I, where he, cause I think Lowell specified this is the one where he got like the six and one fourth star match, or this was like right after that. So he gotcha. is coming off of a really, really hot match and is going home to be part of PCW, which right off the bat, favorite thing about this venue from what I could tell from the fan cams. Cause I did watch it from two different angles. Lowell, I did the work on this one. I watched it twice, watched it from two different sides. <laughs> I fucking love that wherever you're watching wrestling just has like six TVs playing hockey. <laughs> In the background, well, of course, it's Canadian. There's nothing. Derek and I are big hockey fans. Yeah. And also, obviously, big wrestling fans. We don't have a hockey podcast. Uh, We're practically Canadian. We're bi- yeah, You know, lo- never been to Canada. Love it to death. If I could live anywhere in the world... Canada. Got to get that Tim Hortons and uh, just the smiles of the Canadian people. My my other baseball team is the Toronto Blue Jays, who are not doing very well at the moment. But hey, we're almost Canadian. They were not on the screen, though. These, these folks were watching hockey. They had Kenny Omega in front of them. You could still see a couple faces looking up to check the score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Biggest that... wrestler in the world in your bar looking up at hockey. Love it. Respect it. Keep it up, Canada. I also think, how many matches do you know start off with a test of strength involving a dildo? Uh, this one. This is the first one I've seen. And I think what Lowell wanted us to talk about was like how we felt about Kenny Omega having these amazing matches and then going back and doing this comedy match. I think it's definitely a shocker, and and it was not like by any means like if you're looking for a barn burner of a, a wrestling match, this was not that. It's a comedy match, people. Uh, slower paced, couple weird botches if you want to call them that, where they didn't quite get the hold locked in or whatever. But um, no, a uh, couple fun spots in here. Legos. Well, okay, let's let's start towards the beginning though. You brought up the dildo, so they they yeah, mentioned don't that under like, the rug. Kenny Omega is wearing his black tights. He's not wearing the the full pants. He just has on the trunks. And, and it he, looks like he's he, got a Spider-Man logo on the back. Yeah, and he's he's Pooh Bear in it. So he's just got on like an orange t-shirt from a local business, it looks like. And they're talking about uh, the other wrestler that's wearing a multicolor tutu. Got pretty flamboyant guy talking about penises somewhere in there. And he pulls up Kenny Omega's shirt over his head and points to how big his penis is. And then I believe reaches into the front of his pants to pull out a dildo. I believe the match started with some kind of, of interaction, and then Kenny Omega gets mad and starts yelling, and the guy says to him, before the blood rushes to your head up here, it looks like it's rushing to your head down here, and he pulls Kenny's shirt up, and lo and behold, there was a dildo sticking out of his pants. And you, I think the best thing that happened at this point is they took the dildo, and it was kind of like... um like a spot you'd see in a movie where somebody's holding a knife over the face, actually like the Magnum TA Tully Blanchard match where they're trying to kill each other with that broken chair. And eventually That's what I'm saying. one of that them test sc- of strength. <laughs> one, one of them screamed, I quit during that. But during this, they're knifing each other's face with this dildo. 
and it goes straight into Kenny's mouth. Right into his mouth. Right in there. My first thought with this is, holy fuck, why doesn't Randy Orton have these kind of homecoming matches in St. Louis? My first thought was, what a warm-up for Chris Jericho. (laughs) (laughs) He's out there promoting Wrestle Kingdom, and he's, he's he's got a dildo in his mouth. If you enjoyed seeing this dick in my mouth tonight, tune in to Wrestle Kingdom where I fight Y2J. Um, I don't mind seeing Kenny Omega do uh, comedy matches. I mean, I've seen him do a match with uh, Speedball Mike Bailey where he chainsawed him in the penis with his chainsaw arm. I don't think I mind him doing comedy matches. I don't think I mind anyone doing a comedy match as long as I guess it's not broadcast everywhere to kind of undermine his badassness on a like an international level. But as far as like a local show, that's fine. This was entertaining as hell at different parts. So you're saying if, let's say, Suzuki, because I always pick Suzuki. If there's just a match where halfway through Suzuki pulls out a dildo and is shoving it into Kenny Omega's mouth, you got issues if it's at like Tokyo Dome. I feel like you're asking, but you know the answer. Yes. You're like, oh, you're being Jim Cornette now because you won't just let it happen. No, man, that ain't that ain't my thing. I, I was fine watching it on a local independent level. This was entertaining as hell at different points. But uh, yeah. I actually I did mean, witness a match that wasn't intended to be a comedy match turn into one. Uh, WrestleMania weekend, Will Ospreay had just come off of that New Japan match against Marty Skrull where he basically broke his neck on the apron. Yeah, really nasty shit. And then he wrestled so many times that weekend. And this day, I'd already seen him wrestle three times, one of which was just in a they were billing it as the main event dream match of him versus uh, Will Ospreay versus Matt Riddle. And it was a motherfucker of a match like they beat the hell out of each other. And they were coming up for the next progress show. And Will Ospreay basically comes out and says, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I've wrestled a lot of matches this weekend. Uh, I don't know if you just saw the one I just did. I can't do it again. This was supposed to be a title match. We're doing an intergender tag match. It's going to be comedy. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, they ended up doing like voodoo doll spots throughout it where they were. It was a great match. It was fun to watch. I had never actually seen a wrestler come out, though, and be like, hey, guys, I'm real beat up right now. My neck hurts. We're doing a comedy match. You're going to deal with it. But this was Kenny going out of his way for a pre-planned comedy match. Which, I guess when he makes an appearance on any level, it's special. But I guess this is even more rare. Which was kind of the point of why Lowell wanted us to watch it, I guess. There was a lot go. I mean, it's hard for me to think past him just with the dildo stuck in his mouth. I was going to say, it's hard hard to go anywhere once you know, oh, yeah, there was a dildo spot in the match. I mean, that's uh, that's a hell of a way to start it. Well, they broke it. Well, they broke out. You know the Legos. They broke out. What the 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 what was it, the marshmallows? It was marshmallows. I had to. I didn't know if it was cotton balls or marshmallows. Neither would have surprised me. Well, I think when you're watching something like this, the most interesting thing to follow is how they work this match, because obviously everybody there wants to see Kenny, so he has to get his shit in at some point. But this oh, was, yeah. I mean, what twenty twenty five minutes? Yeah, I would say about twenty five minutes. I mean, I know the whole clip total was, you know, probably over a half hour, you yeah. know, including intro and outro and everything. But he did eventually, towards the end, start getting to some V triggers and some hard hitting shit. But For leading sure. up to there, it was a lot of comedy spots of, you know, using Legos as thumbtacks, really selling hard on the Malos. Absolutely. 
I know this was a this was a, I mean it was a, it was a pretty long for a comedy match, but I'm glad we checked it out. I I don't have a problem with him doing comedy matches. Obviously, I love comedy matches in general. I like I love Chuck Taylor. Uh, this one I thought went a tad bit long. Yeah, but <laughs> at the same time, get that. But if you have Kenny Omega, you keep him as long as you fucking can for sure. You, and if you guys want to. If you guys want to check this match out and you have access to it, go to YouTube. It's PCW Kenny Omega. You'll find it. It's from. It says it's from 2016, November 25th, but it's from 2017. Well, uh, uh, how about we post it on our Facebook page so people have a reason to even go to it? We'll post it on our Facebook and Twitter. But uh, you 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 compare a match like this, which is all fun dildo marshmallow Lego spots and lots of lots of sexuality scattered throughout the match and then if you had an issue with our mary fuck kill segment a couple episodes ago maybe this isn't the match for you (laughs) this isn't for you if you're if you're turned off by that stuff but compare this match to a match like kenny omega has with ishii good god i think there's actually moments so ishii and omega had a match i believe on the 15th so what last week sometime it was a title shot or ishii had a title shot and ishii is a guy that you know, when you see him, you're like, oh, he's probably not going to beat Kenny Omega. But he always hits people so fucking hard that you're like, there's a chance that he could win this. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, what what's the thing that makes it so dramatic? Is is it the, it's the, the sheer fact that he no-sells half of Kenny's moves as they don't affect him? And I believe it, because the man looks like he's just made of, I would say, steel like he eats lightning and craps thunder kind of thing. He looks like he's just made of cinder blocks. Like Ishii is Ishii is a human fire hydrant and he's stiff as hell. Oh my god. <laughs> There's still moments in this match though where I love this new version of Kenny where Kenny Omega with a title is kind of a cocky motherfucker. Yeah, that definitely came through in this match. He really played it up. There's a moment in this thing where he does, you know, the the Terminator spot where everybody, you know, they bang the uh, the Terminator theme and then he flies over the top rope. Yeah. And he lands on Ishii so hard, then looks straight into the camera and says, play the replay, play the replay. I know you're <laughs> going to. <laughs> and then they even say, they're like, well, taking it from director Kenny Omega, we're going to hit you with the replay. Was that where he hit the V trigger and then he did the double stomp to the outside? Dude. Dude, you mean on the table? No, uh, when he was hanging offside the ring. Um, no, that was after... Well, he had just done the flip and landed on Ishii, and the camera was right next to him, and he just looked straight into the camera and said that. Yeah. But the, uh, the spot that you just said, the double stomp, so he puts Ishii on the announcer's table and then springboards off the top rope to basically give a coup de grace to Ishii. Yeah. And, and it looked like Ishii was just made of wax. Because his feet slipped straight off of Ishii, and he just smashed right on the ground. It looked so <laughs> fucking painful. How is he still wrestling right now with his foot? Or is it an ankle? What, what, what is he dealing with right now, man? Didn't he, doesn't he have, like, a heel fracture? I mean, that's, is that going to heal? Like, if he keeps wrestling? Or does, like, how does that work? I mean, it's, I have a feeling the doctor's going to say... It'd be better if you didn't. Well, for sure. But I mean, <laughs> how does a wound like that work? Like, I mean, if even if you're working, like, I guess if you're 
still doing your thing, I guess. Maybe it heals a little bit, but it's certainly going to take a long time. It's hard for the champ to take a day off. Yeah. Because I, I know mean, he's been waiting for this for a long time. Well, when we were at All In, I think we talked about this, but we were sitting further enough off to the side that we could see them exit the stage. Yeah. And Kenny looked completely fine until he hit the exit. And when he was leaving, <laughs> he was just limping like he was missing a foot. Believe it or not, he was acting out there. He's in actual agony. He is a human. He's a Terminator, according to uh, according to his gimmick. I'm looking through this. There were um, because just going back to the comedy match, I feel like you can still see elements of Kenny being really funny even through a hard hitting match like this. There was a spot where Kenny and Ishii were just exchanging chops. Yeah. And Ishii's just no selling the shit out of everything because yeah. l- look at him. That guy doesn't look like he's ever hurt a day in his life. <laughs> and he chopped Kenny so fucking hard. And Kenny just kind of turned and looked at the camera like, what have I done? <laughs> he just- <laughs> Why did I become a professional wrestler? <laughs> oh, shit. Um, what, what did you feel oh. about Kenny spitting in his face? Oh, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> if I had to make a list of seventeen people that I don't want to spit in the face of, is Ishi one of them? Ishi's probably around ten, and that's still pretty high. <laughs> but uh, well, talk oh, about the big surprise on this, man. Sorry, what's up? Talk about the big surprise at the end of this match. Well, to me, the the something that did I miss the surprise? Ishi winning. The title match? I think we watched two different matches. Oh, shit. Did you watch the G1 match? Yes. Yeah, Ishii beat him in the G1 match. And, yeah, we're talking about two different matches. We're talking about two different matches. So, yeah, Ishii beat Kenny in the G1, and he got a title (laughs) shot. I don't think there's any getting this one back. (laughs) You can't just say Kenny versus Ishii. They wrestled a month ago. Well, that's why I said... Kenny versus Ishii because on like the docket thing, like it was one of the most recent ones you could choose from to watch. I picked the most recent one. They wrestled like last week. Yeah, that's great. Well, Derek, uh, you should really check this thing out. When you tell me the surprise, I'm like, is Kenny, did I miss the part where Ishii is now the goddamn heavyweight champion? I watched the good one. This is a good one. (laughs) I watched the good one. Watch it. You didn't say to watch this one. You said Kenny versus Ishii. I like said it's only happened on the once. Fifteenth, motherfucker. I went to YouTube. Yo, you went to YouTube. Yeah. Who? Which? Which one of our fans requested this match? No one requested this. Right. You did. I requested it, and you know what I said? I said, "Watch. It's on the fifteenth. I have. You have the log end of the New Japan. You know what, Derek? We're done. Show's over. That was easy." Well, now that we got rid of him, folks, what do you want to talk about next? Lowell. Who is that? Shit. Not Lowell. I know who Lowell is. I'm just meaning you. You're still here? We should give proper shout out to Lowell since we just kind of moved over his comedy match that he requested. Lowell. Love saying your name. Love that you're from Canada. Love you to death. We watched two different Kenny Omega Ishii matches. Well, I've seen both. I was like, how could you miss the spot where he slipped off of him on the table? Yeah, no. I watched uh, something completely different. Well, you know what? That's fine. We're going to leave it all in. They need to hear what <laughs> happens behind the scenes. 
<laughs> Sometimes there's a miscommunication. <coughs> that's the first one. That's it? That's the only one? Honestly, that feels like that's the only one. Well, I am very excited to move on to the next listener-submitted match, though, because this led me down a rabbit hole I was never expecting to travel through. Yeah, th- this had gotten brought up by, you know, one of our listeners, her name's Pilar, and she requested that we kind of just, well, she, she was kind of vague, though. She said just to cover the Matt Hardy, Edge, Lita love triangle, right? She did, and when when I brought that up to you, you're like, I need something specific. That's That's vague. I didn't know anything about this. So I, this would have definitely been like between senior year of high school and college, freshman year of college, I believe. Yes. It was over the, it was over this. Yeah. Over the summer. I had no idea of any of this storyline. This is one that no one has ever brought up to me. This is one of those rare instances where a real life event outside of wrestling Somehow works its way, and, and, and the promoter, in this case Vincent Kennedy McMahon, decides, fuck it, I'm going to use it on my television show. But does he use it? Okay, go ahead and explain to them the situation. So the story, as I understand it, is that for, you know, I guess at this point, maybe five or six years, Matt Hardy and Lita had a real, you know, off-screen relationship. They had been known each other. They had met at an independent show. Um I guess since about 1998 or 1999, they had been together and Matt had an injury. And while he was out with the injury, I guess Lita adopted some kind of relationship with Adam Copeland, also known as edge. And they had an affair and Matt was understandably livid. And I guess he (laughs) went, (laughs) I'm I'm telling the story the best I can. And you're saying it's so nice. You're like, she, she adopted a relationship and I was like, Jesus, she fucked edge. She was fucking edge. I'm trying to show how eloquent I can be if necessary. Okay. But, I'll, uh, I'll wait till the end. <laughs> so, um, I guess she has an affair with edge. And like I said, Matt's understandably upset about it. And he, I guess in several interviews or several internet tirades expressed how pissed off and hurt he was. And this gave Vince cause to fire him uh, for doing things out of character. So Vince fires him and they go on and they make this into a thing where Lita and Edge are now an on-screen couple and they're getting a ton of heat for it. Well, a few months passes and they rehire Matt Hardy and they turn this into an angle and it leads to a series of matches between the two that are really brutal. And my understanding is that for everyone involved, it was really, really hard to do and really, really awkward. But I guess Edge and Lita wanted to do it because it was an opportunity for Matt after he had been fired for him to do something meaningful and get him rehired. And they felt like the only way they were going to be able to move past whatever had happened is if they just kind of embraced it and went with it. And thus we have this little uh, feud between the two, or I guess between the three. It's so weird that they had any of them do this. Right? Is this... I mean, it almost felt like they were punishing the three of them. That's maybe... I don't know. Maybe they were punishing themselves, too. But I don't think anything could be... So not knowing anything about this, and as I'm reading about it, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, they did this? And then I look up... I go to SummerSlam 2005, and... The match I got, I was like, so you're telling me this guy just got cheated on like this. He's a he's a he's a cuck. He got cucked. 
In, in, in the year 2018, that word can be me, mean a lot of things, but this is the literal definition of cuck. Matt Hardy got cheated upon, and he's a cuck. He got he got cucked hard, man. And then you have him go in there and fight the guy he got cucked against. Yeah. And me not knowing there was going to be a round two of this, basically, Edge just got to look like the coolest dude in the world. Where he's like, guess what? Stole your girlfriend. Beat the shit out of you. You you had to. The match had to end. Because I kicked your ass so bad. Is it jarring when you go back and watch a match from this era of WWE where they're allowed to blade <laughs> and they're just bleeding extra hard on the mat? Well, this did. Rem- yes. Yes, it does. It's still it's shocking to get to see this happen with wrestlers that we up until recently were still watching. Well, yeah, I mean, but even like when we watched, you know, Hell in a Cell last week, there's blood spots in there, but then they're not nearly as, not nearly as, you know, what would you call it? Gruesome? Not, yeah, it's not nearly as much. It and wasn't it's, a fucking toned horror down. show. Yeah, and they try to avoid it as much as they can, but, but in this series of matches between Edge and Matt Hardy, man, it's, it's gory. <laughs> and... They let, I mean, I guess that's, that was the only way they could have done it. If they were going to bother to have these two have a feud over like, you know, somebody getting cheated upon, then it had to be brutal because it had to be realistic. They love to throw a stipulation onto a match in WWE. They're like, if we can get a fucking gimmick in here, the why don't we? I've never seen a match that deserved a gimmick more than this one. Yeah. This is the one that they're like, we're going to let him go out there and have a regular singles match. What? Oh, just wait and see. I bet that one wants to kill that one. And this, just talking about the Magnum TA Tully Blanchard match, there were kind of elements of that in this. Yeah, in it wasn't. It wasn't as nearly as long, but uh, this was a slugfest. The I ref think- stopped this match. Let's be clear. Edge wins, but it's because he's kicking Matt Hardy in the head while he's bleeding, and the ref says, "Okay, I think that's enough," and stops the match. So not only does Matt Hardy lose the love of his life, which they keep showing us video packages for where he's saying things like Edge took everything away from me. He took yeah. away my only shot at a family. <laughs> talk, do you, about, who do you, talk about who, stakes. You're tell, saying that there's not enough stakes in current pro wrestling. Are there any more stakes than this man doesn't get to have a family anymore? Yeah. So then they, they did a rematch. Um, at Unforgiven 2005, and this one was in a steel cage. I actually like this match better. Um, I especially like the sequence towards the end, and uh, Matt Hardy goes over in this one, but not before he has <laughs> he has a moment where he gives a twist of fate to Lita. He gets Edge bloodied up this time, and he's kicking Edge in the face, smashing his face into the, every side of the cage, into the, uh, what, what would you call it, the, the thing that keeps the cage together. But, uh, yeah, he's beating the shit out of Edge in this match, and it's pretty brutal. And then he ends the match with a dive off the top of the cage for a leg drop. Covers him, one, Which two, all three. all I could think about was what happened to his spine. Yeah, like, like <laughs> jumping that hard and landing on your tailbone. Have you ever thought about jumping on off the roof of your house just onto your ass? Yeah, I, I don't know how you do that. Like, that sounds scary even just thinking about doing it on, like, a bed or a cushy surface. The weirdest part about this match was after he beats him, he goes, who's the cuck now? And Edge is like, it's still you. 
It turns out um, they did have another match on Monday Night Raw. I think it was like on October 3rd or something of that year. It was a ladder match, and I guess it was a loser leaves Raw match. And Edge ended up winning that one. (laughs) (laughs) Edge wins this feud, let's be clear. It's, you know. There's so much actual sadness happening in this match, though. Yeah, this this is how Vince books. He's he's a sad, this is how reality is kind of guy. This so, is the way the world works, and we need to show it on television. I, it's a slice I'm, of life. What Edge did was wrong, but not so wrong that I'm going to kick him off Raw and send him to SmackDown. No, Matt, that's for you. I think it's awkward, Matt. I think it's best if you go. You should just be happy you have a job again, Matt. Yeah, you Would said he, he got fucking fired? <laughs> And they he, and in the storyline, Edge goes, "I brought you back, so I because I feel bad for you. Now I'm gonna beat your ass at SummerSlam." Yeah. Okay. No, this. I mean, are are you a fan of seeing real life shit that's actually emotionally draining and stuff like that? Like, is is that hard for you to watch in a wrestling angle, or do you love it? I mean, we don't get that at all anymore, or at least yeah. to this extent. But how often does this type of storyline happen? Not often. Uh, So for it being the time, I was, I mean, this was a soap opera. Do you wish you had seen it live while it was playing out? Well, it made me realize this match may have been the thing that started Total Divas. Oh my God. They're like, we need more of that drama. That's why you got, you know, Nikki Bella and John Cena. Then Dolph Ziggler comes in and is like, hey, remember I was a pretty good lover in the past. See, that should have. Should have done more with that. I need more real life drama. For real, who do you think? Who do you think this was hardest on playing Matt. this angle out? You think so? Yes. Uh, well, maybe Lita because she probably got the worst shit said to her from the crowd for sure, and from the fucking announcers. Because even at one point, Jerry the King Lawler's like, he basically is like, "Well, if she's fucking people in the locker room, maybe me next." <laughs> Does he really say, I miss that? He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't word it like that, but it's not worded much differently. Yeah. No, I I imagine Lita had the worst stuff said to her. So, that sucks. But But at the same time, what happened to Matt's career after this? Was this kind of the beginning of the the end of that part? He got another run. I don't know if anything really great happened after this. We have, don't we have some fans of this podcast who are big Hardy fans? They could fill us in on what happened after Matt went to SmackDown. I think he had a tag team with Ray or something. Everybody's like, I'm coming to you to get the information. I'm like, well, you came to the wrong place. We're not experts. We're just shooting the shit about it, man. (laughs) I'm watching this guy uh, get cheated on, and then he gets his ass beat at SummerSlam. I mean, mind you, it's been 13 years. I just, I feel like one day if I get cheated on, I'm going to realize I'm going to, it, this, it gets worse. Yeah. It does get worse than this feeling. The, the next you, bad you, feeling is bleeding all over, <laughs> all over the place. You get a demotion and uh, there's no, and here's actually the worst part from Matt's perspective at January, just a few months after this edge becomes WWE champion. That's because he's so cool. <laughs> Because he fucked a guy's girlfriend yeah. and then beat him up. He he decided that, you know, his uh his need to come ended up being more important than Jeff or Matt Hardy's his need to have need a family. To come. Well, we can't all word things as uh eloquently as you. And then I think it ended after he won the WWE championship, 
That's that's the segment where you had the live sex celebration in the middle of the ring with Lita. So yeah, Lita's the real winner in all of this, right? Oh, I feel yeah. Now I feel bad because she was a great wrestler, and then that had to be a thing she had to do. Yep, man, pro wrestling. It'll, pro wrestling, uh, it'll get you. It's a motherfucker. It's making a <laughs> cuck out of all of us. Not trying to make light of Lita's struggles, but man, that's just a tragic. <laughs> the fact that they did it. I mean, I love when when wrestling angles skirt reality. Like, I love when they t- like uh, like you talk about like CM Punk's pipe bomb. You talk about some of these other segments where like there's a hint of oh, this is a little bit like real life. Now this is oh yeah, this really happened. Your punishment is to go act this out on my television show. Just wow. Have you ever gone into work and had to say to your boss, "Hey, I need to tell you something. <laughs> Chris in accounting fucked my wife," <laughs> and then they say. Garrett, you're fired. <laughs> and then you leave. And then he decides, like, well, you know what? I decided it was unfair to fire you, Garrett. Um, you and Chris can fight it out in the parking lot. <laughs> and whoever wins has a job. <laughs> and wh- whoever loses has to go. They they can keep their job, but they're getting shipped to a different, like, a location that's yeah, yeah. not from here. Uh, Garrett, you're getting transferred to Knoxville. Uh, it's... <laughs> That's but what my, my whole is life is here. No, Garrett, your whole life was here. Chris took your, your, uh, your uh, you know, just your family. You're really <laughs> downplaying something that's sad that happened to a human being who just retired. You mean I am? Ago. Yes, no, you're making Vin- a joke out of it. I am making a joke out of it because goddamn Vince McMahon made a joke out of it. Vince McMahon made a brilliant storyline out of it. You are making a joke out of it. The- this is not comedy wrestling, Garrett. I'm hey. This is a professional wrestling angle. I'm trying to make Matt laugh so he doesn't cry. I'm sure Matt. He Matt has a family. And yeah, and family, guess what else he has coming out? A motherfucking reality show on WWE Network. It's true. It's damn true. It's what? What is it going to be like? The Woken? Is he Woken or Broken? What happened? Did they ever figure out what he was in WWE? He's Woken. Is he? I've heard them use Broken. They don't know. They don't know. Hey, I need to... Okay, before we go into anything else with this, I don't want to get too far away from SummerSlam 2005 because, Pilar, I need to thank you for this. Uh, I enjoyed... Don't get me wrong. I absolutely enjoyed looking through, uh, you know, this love triangle and, you know, getting to feel some some real emotions, some real-life emotions. But... Nothing brought me more real-life emotions than what happened after this. Because I thought to myself, if this happened, what the fuck are they following this with? Like, what has to be the thing that followed a real-life affair? We bring you WWE in the year 2005. Good Lord, Pilar. Do you know what came next? Do you know? I just happened to leave it running just to see what the next match was. And when I saw the promo for what I was about to witness... There was not a chance in hell I was turning it off. Dominic, I'm your poppy. You're going to learn to love me. <laughs> Holy so, shit. So the match that came on SummerSlam 2005 following this was Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio fighting for the custody of a small boy named Dominic. That's Rey's son. Dude. How had no one... I feel like I missed out on a whole bunch of shit. 
And I've if, been telling you this for years. Why didn't you specify this is what I was missing out on? <laughs> There's like, a lot of shit. Dude, is there going through this thing? Like, I get to hear sentences uh, like this. Also, give Michael Cole a fucking raise. We need to lay off this man because he had to say this sentence in full sincerity and he deserves a goddamn Emmy for it. He had to say, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in WWE history, we have a ladder match to determine the custody of a child. And the courts were so proud on that day. Oh, and before this happens, they're like, be sure to pick up the the new album Remedy by Seether. <laughs> So they made sure to get a seether plug in there. Jesus Christ. So, I don't know. I, I was just expecting something lighthearted. I get to watch a match about the, the, the custody of a child who is the most baby-faced, wide-eyed, cute child they have sitting in the front row. For all I fucking know, this is another one where Eddie's like, yeah, Ray, sorry, I fucked your wife. That's my kid. And they're like, well, make it. A, this is what we're doing. Who else has dirty laundry to air on TV? Yeah, this, this, this was a sentence between Cole and Taz. Cole goes, Dominic is absolutely devastated. And Taz goes, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the funny twist of this. I wasn't just joking earlier. When Matt Hardy got kicked off of Raw to go to SmackDown, he had to go form a tag team with Rey Mysterio. Oh, you're you're shitting me. Which was right after this angle. And then they called themselves the Sad Boys. The Sad the Boys. But he, okay, so this match starts, Eddie comes out being a real piece of shit. And when Ray comes out, he still explodes out of the floor like he's Superman. You think oh, yeah. in a really serious situation like this, Ray wouldn't have exploded out of the floor. He would have maybe just run to the ring and beat that guy's ass so he could have custody of the boy he loves. Yeah. Because this basically turned into like a, it's kind of like a real life Downton Abbey, but with blood. <laughs> it's like, I never got to see Mr. Bates have to climb a ladder. To <laughs> My question is, did you ever, I mean, you're just finding out about this. Did you ever see the I'm your poppy shirts? Yes. I didn't know what that meant. You had no idea what it was in reference to. And now you do. Well, yeah. And now I have to have one. What's sad is that that was like Eddie Guerrero's last shirt was in reference to that angle. Like the night that they did his tribute when he passed away, when everyone's standing out on the stage, everyone's wearing like an I'm your poppy shirt. Oh, my God. Oh, my so God. That's what that's in reference to. Now, you know, Pilar, you've done everyone on this podcast a great service. And I'm not done, th- Derek. Garrett, what else can be said? I can bring out more during shit this from this fucking era. match. Michael Cole says both of my boys are adopted and starts talking very earnestly about adoption while two men are fighting for a briefcase. <laughs> and Did you just write down a bunch of quotes and you want to get through your list of quotes? Oh, I'm going through because I'm like, I will never remember all this shit. <laughs> Maybe give me the heads up next time. Like, oh, I've got like a I've got like a spiral notebook here of things I wrote down between Michael Cole and Taz. Okay, yeah, I wrote down a lot of lines. Like, for instance, just here, go through them. Here's another one. Eddie claims to be a, he's addicted to manipulation. <laughs> and then I was thinking, like, well, you need to show the courts this. You've got all this footage that shows that he's not a good father. He doesn't need to be raising this child. He's doing it for the wrong reasons. 
it's a pro wrestling program. Like, are the courts going to be like, yeah, you should be nicer on that wrestling show. He, I mean, he should. He should. You, you shouldn't go out there <laughs> and show tell people you're addicted to manipulation and also tell me you want custody of a 10-year-old. As we've said before on the show, it's it's weird watching a company have a, a anti-bullying campaign when bullying is such a key important piece of wrestling storytelling. This goes way beyond bullying, my friend. This back is, to back goes way is, beyond bullying. These, are, But I have to say, this ladder match was a motherfucker. It was so good. I didn't watch the ladder match, Garrett. You, so, you'll have to. <laughs> there were, I mean, there were a lot of really scary parts of this. I mean, there was a part where Ray, they had the ladder set up under the briefcase and Ray kind of angled one in. So it was just kind of resting and he ran up it like he was running up a slide. Yeah. And he goes to slam Eddie off of the top of the ladder onto this one that's angled. And when he hits, the whole fucking thing tips over and Ray just falls into a heap in the middle of these ladders. Definitely not planned. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a point when he pulls Eddie down and Eddie looks like he tweaks his leg and he is swearing so much. Which led me to believe that he actually fucked up his leg in that moment. But he did climb the ladder again, so maybe I was getting worked. Maybe I'm getting worked and this boy Dominic actually wasn't, he didn't belong to either of them. But he had blonde hair, so I was led to believe it is Ray. I love when you get worked. It's my favorite. So you're telling me that this boy did belong to one of them. This was... Wrestling's, the, wrestling's real right there. <clears throat> at the time, I believed it, I believed that it was real. I don't know if it's true. It's not like... <laughs> as, a, as a freshman in college, you're like, these two have some issues to sort out, and this does seem like the best way to do it. Well, no, I meant like I meant... I, I thought Dominic was actually Ray's kid. Like, they were using him for the angle the same way... They're presumably using AJ Styles and his wife for the Joe Styles feud right now. I assume that they they got real people to stand in for the part. Wendy, I'm your dad now. Yeah, I guess they are kind of doing it. Wendy, I'm your poppy. But until they let AJ Styles know that he is going to lose legal custody of his child to Samoa Joe, what are the stakes? (laughs) Just not what they were back in 2005, man. Not enough, not enough child custody hearings being done in the in the squared circle. I like to learn a little something with my wrestling. <laughs> what did you learn from this? Uh, don't be a cuck, man. <laughs> Pilar, thank you again. You have. <laughs> what else do I need to tell you from this era? Did I tell you about the Kane and Lita shit? Did you know about that? Was this this isn't the sex with the dead body in Triple H, right? Is this a No, everyone knows about thing? Katie Vick. This is a completely different thing. Derek, there what's was an, going on? There was an angle where Kane forced Lita to marry him. I think that that was what was going to happen, and apparently he had sexually assaulted her and she was pregnant with Kane's unborn child. And then I think there was a miscarriage or something. Like it, there was some really fucked up shit going on in this era. Was so this when, the was this the ruthless aggression era? This was the ruthless aggression era. So this is what ruthless aggression meant was just insane sto- like soap opera storylines. I mean that was happening during the Attitude Era too, but uh, yeah, the ruthless aggression era wasn't wasn't like. 
I mean, shit, during Eddie Guerrero's fucking feud with Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar brought out a mariachi band to mock Eddie Guerrero. <sighs> this was, what am I thinking now? <laughs> was it 14 years ago? Yeah. God, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I can't just fucking tell you everything that was crazy. Derek, in I, the next 15 minutes, I need to hear the entire Ruthless Aggression era. I think what I've learned from this is I basically sat out the entire Ruthless Aggression era. You did. For I the love of started- God, if you, ca- if you can think of any like really obscure, weird ones that I missed out on, please, please message us and let me know what I need to be watching because I enjoyed these two storylines so much just because they were so fucking bizarre. And if there is something from the Ruthless Aggression you want to want us to watch, remember, leave us the five stars, leave us the review, request it. We have to watch it. If you leave us the review, we are obligated to watch whatever you put forward to us. And I think that so far we've been down a good path. I like where you guys are sending me. Uh, We're Pilar, off to you a pretty sent me in a direction start. I would have never expected I was going with this. I yeah. when you said the lead of love triangle, I knew that it ended in the the live sex celebration thing. Had no idea where it had started. Holy yeah. shit. I don't want to talk about the ruthless aggression era anymore. I would rather talk about NXT. Uh, did you watch the Pete Dunn Ricochet match? You are goddamn right I did. Holy and shit, that was a good what match. What a fucking match, man. What a match. What is it about like British wrestlers trying to break your fucking finger? The, I that's British strong style. I, <laughs> it's it's that, British people trying to break your fucking hand. It's that's I, what it, they should call it. Yeah, that's what's going on over in progress. If you want to see some fingers getting broken, check them out. Crumpets, tea, broken fingers. Make a shirt out of it. How did the uh, ending of this match set with you? Perfect. I, I think, first of all, this this happened on free, you know, I guess not free, WWE Network, just regular NXT, just on their weekly programming, they gave away this match for essentially free. And it was pay-per-view worthy, save for the finish which uh, that justifies they, they showed you what those two guys can do. And it was fucking awesome. If you have not watched Pete Dunn versus Ricochet, both of their titles are on the line in this match and fuck man. It's just, it's just such a good, I, I don't know. I don't even know where to, to, where to begin with this one. Yeah. It's one that I don't think it's going to be as much fun to hear us describe it as just hop on the network and watch this thing from last week's NXT. Uh, it, I mean, spoilers, because I'm going to discuss the ending. The It was so good, and it was one that, as it's going... Because, you know, occasionally they do give us away, give us something for free. Like, we got the right. Alistair uh, Ciampa match just on regular TV. Yeah. And so I feel like with NXT, you always have that little bit in the back of your mind, like, it could happen. This could be the time. And I was excited to see a guy have two belts. It was a champ, the first champ versus champ match on NXT. And it was just going so well that I was just so ready to see one of these dudes have two belts. And those motherfucking pieces of shit from Undisputed Era come back and fuck up our party. And they saved one one nation from looking weaker weaker than the other. I appreciate it. They did us a favor. <laughs> I'm looking at it from that light. You, uh, I don't want there to be a war between the United Kingdom and the North America, <laughs> North America, the continent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's We've absurd. got bigger problems right now. Clearly. I guess I don't have a shit ton to say about this match. No, this was just a really good match. If you guys have not watched this match, like I said, go watch it. Uh, I don't know. I haven't watched a ton of NXT lately, so this was a nice thing to tune back into and see. Well, one thing I would be, I would like us to do, because I know we had a couple people request, not, you know, requested as part of this, but just ask why we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, there's just a lot to lot going on. We definitely need to start digging into the Mae Young Classic. Yeah. I'm, I'd be more than willing to watch some matches from that. Let's, uh, let's start digging into that for next week. But I do want to talk about a show I attended over the weekend. We had another Southern Underground Pro show here at uh, Basement East in Nashville. There were definitely some standout spots in this. Uh, there was a trick-or-treat battle royal, where at the end of the battle royal, somebody was going to get to choose between two different candy pails. One of which was filled with candy, and one was filled with candy and a title shot. This was the opener. Uh, we had a there was a shit ton of people in this one, so like a lot of a lot of faces you normally see at Southern Underground Pro, including Alley Cat, Marco Stunt, and uh, Marco. Oh, in the middle of this fucking thing, there was a weird thing they were doing on Instagram where they named somebody Stab the Wrestler, who was only posting photos of all the people that were going to be in this match and crossing their eyes out. That's weird. Normally, in a wrestling angle, it doesn't real-life scare me. This one scared me a little bit only because Stab the Wrestler only was following one person and only had, like, 13 followers. So it's like, you know what? That does seem like the kind of person who would show up to a wrestling show and kill everyone in a battle royal. Yeah, this doesn't seem like this is a show for anybody. So Stab the Wrestler does show up. He shows up in the Scream mask partway through, uh, gets eliminated by Marco Stunt, and Craig Mitchell, who I never trust a fucking Craig. If we have any <laughs> listeners named Craig, all he apologies. Trust you? I don't trust you. I don't know. I've just never met a Craig I trusted. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. Hey, I'm willing to meet a trustworthy Craig, but this this uh, this is a heel wrestler. If you Craig. don't trust a Craig, how are you willing to meet them? They might fucking stab you. I really set this up for a, a feud with all Craigs that I didn't ask yeah. for. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a listener who's gonna give us a one star review because of your Craig hate. Well, on last week's episode, I worded something differently than I. I in retrospect, I would have not said PCO sucks. Now you got to stand by it now. Well, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> you meant he's not that good at what he does. No, he's good at what he does. He just he does a weird version of what everyone else is doing. <laughs> Anyways, what happens during your trick or treat battle royal, man? Okay, big thing. It ends up with uh, it ends up two on two. It ends up with Alley Cat and Marco Stunt with two guys that I don't know their names off the top of my head. Apologies, fellas. But I got to see Marco Stunt and Alley Cat team up to fight these two. Really good moment. I, I even put on Instagram, I said, this is my mega powers. <laughs> I saw that. And I meant that. There was no irony to that. I fucking love those two wrestlers. To me, Alley Cat is one of my favorite uh, female wrestlers right now. She does a lot of intergender stuff and... I've talked about it a million times. Candice LeRae is my favorite wrestler, and I feel like Alley Cat is the Candice LeRae of Southern Underground Pro. And already, I'm just I'm really drawn to that. I really enjoy her. I would have loved her to have a title shot and win the, the whole thing. But goddamn Marco Stunt wins, gets a title shot. 
did not realize this was going to be like a cash-in, like a money-in-the-bank situation. So after the main event of uh, Wheeler Yuta, who you would have seen on Dojo Pro on Amazon, versus their, the Bone Storm champ, Dominic Guarini, I believe. Or am I, I hope I'm not saying his name wrong and just mixing it up with the, uh, the dude from the first season of American Idol. Just call him Craig. I'm not calling him Craig. There's Craig Mitchell, <laughs> and I know who Craig is because looks like a dick. Craigs are going to hate you. Hey, we're not I, getting any Craig listeners. We're calling out a war on all Craigs. Not we. You're on your own. Oh, shit. It's all the Craigs and PCO against you. No, I like PCO. And Randy. Randy, I want to see him get the dildo in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it, to me, that would humble him in a way that I could watch him wrestle any match again. Oh, God. So, Marco Stunt wins the title shot. You did. You thought it was for a future title shot. I even texted you while you were at the show because you had announced to me that he had won a future title shot, and I said like, you know, for a later date. And you go, yeah, that's well, not I, what happened. Well, this was their second annual trick or treat battle royal. I didn't know the rules of it. I assumed they, the way they worded it, it sounded like a future title shot. But during the uh, main event, after it was over, Marco's music hits. He comes out and he lets uh, Dom know he's gonna cash in. Dom looks very mad. Marco, he ends up, uh, he gets a few moves in. Dom ends up getting him in kind of a, like a, what's Samoa Joe's? Like the Coquina Clutch? Yeah. He has him on the ground like that, but then Marco was able to flip his body back, you know, over the top of him so that he, while he was getting choked, he was also pinning him. Yeah. And Marco Stunt walks away with the Bone Storm Championship and is now the goddamn champ of Southern Underground Pro. Unbelievable. Little Marco Stunt, who we just saw a couple weeks ago, at StarCast, has, he's coming up in the world over the last couple months, right? I mean, what could this guy possibly do next? I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anyone, I've probably already said this on here, but have a hotter like month and a half than this guy. I mean, somebody gets hurt. He's a last-minute replacement for Joey Janela's Lost in New York. Next day gets booked for All In. And then, like, three days before Bola, somebody gets hurt, has to drop out. He's a last-minute replacement. Yeah. And now he's the goddamn champion of Southern Underground Pro. He's really gotten his name out there. I'm really happy for him. Fucking little Marco Stunt, man. Mr. Fun Size. Oh, I thought this was going to... We talked about last time how after Bola, uh, everybody was throwing the candy bars in the ring, the fun size candy bars at him. Yeah. And Southern Underground Pro made a statement, please don't throw shit in the ring. What happened? So there was a, I guess it would be the equivalent of a dark match before the Battle Royal. And they had, it was somebody's birthday and he was fighting a, I don't know this wrestler's name. He was like a human crawdad. He Picture if it, a luchador were just dressed as a crawdad. <laughs> All right. The luchador goes to hand the other guy a cupcake for his birthday. Obviously that ends up on the ground and he gets DDT'd through it. So I was like, okay, we can't throw wrapped candy bars, but we can get smashed icing all over everything. Okay. Okay. I see what the rules are here. Yeah. It's (laughs) we're complaining. It's not even our fucking, it's not even our ring. It's not my promotion, but I want to throw shit. Congratulations to Marco stunt on being the champion at Southern underground pro. We should be talking to him sometime soon. Shouldn't we? Yeah, I talked to uh, Marco after the show and asked, and it sounds like we're going to be able to set up something and I'll be able to record with him before the next one. So record with him at Basement East. 
And uh, that'll be what in a couple months? That'll be November fourth is their next show. Yeah. Yep. So Saturday so. or Sunday, November fourth, it'll be at I assume at two o'clock like always. Another big moment happened though. During all of this, uh Dom was very furious. He goes to shake you know, little Marco stunts hand and talks about how like this guy's the future of wrestling. We should all be really happy for him. Beats the shit out of him. Kevin Koo comes out to save the day with Kamana, Cabana Man Dan. You know, Marco stunts partner from They Might Be Giants. <laughs> Kevin Koo takes off both of their heads. Goddamn heel turn. Now teamed up with Dom. So wow. I liked Kevin Koo, and I'm gonna go ahead and say it. My wife said that Kevin Koo is the most handsome man at Southern Underground Pro. Already, I have a feeling she's wanting to do some sex at him. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Very handsome man. Great tattoos. Great in shape guy. I've even said it before. He's the guy I picture. Like, when I see, like, who's going to be the guy to move up next? It's him. Well, not now, motherfucker. You, you turn and heel, teaming up on them. And that time, I went to high-five you when you were babyface. I kind of got the sense that you were healed then. You almost broke my goddamn hand, giving me the hardest high-five I've ever had in my whole life. I'm afraid to high-five people now. I've got post-traumatic stress disorder from it. <laughs> Might as well change his name to Kevin Craig. Oh, that yeah, real Craig. Real Craig, that one. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I am truly afraid of Kevin Koo. He looks like he could beat the shit out of me. Oh, I don't want to say anything bad about him. But go fuck yourself. You well, bastard. So, so does this continue the trend of Southern Underground Pro shows just keep getting better, better, and better? Yeah, this one, unfortunately, a little less of a turnout on this one, but it was a, a super shitty day with a lot of rain and stuff. And it seems like rain actually keeps people away from things in Nashville. That's weird. I hate it. I hate it. Still go see wrestling if there's goddamn rain. You're going to be okay. I promise. Garrett, do we have anything else to, that you need to get off your chest this week? You know what? I think that about does it. I mean, this, wow. I mean, we're done at almost an hour. We do have one more thing for the audience. Oh, shit, Derek. Oh, shit. You got me so excited. Let's do it. This isn't Our for the audience. Lauren. This is for me. This is just me and you hanging out, <laughs> having this conversation we would be having anyway. Hit me with it, baby. Our friend Lauren Suplex and Stilettos started this whole fuck, Mary kill trend. And we're going to continue that here. This one was submitted by my girlfriend who just turned 33, or if you were listening to this, she turned 33 on Tuesday. So here we go. Are you ready for this, man? I am ready. Who are my choices? Fuck, Mary kill between The Rock, The Miz, and Kevin Owens. Ooh. Ooh. Well. Okay, I got it. <laughs> I've got mine. It's Ugh, I don't feel that's good not about what I was it, expecting. I figured it was gonna be a faction or, or some like like I don't know. I was expecting like Braun Strowman, Kane, and fucking I don't know, jizz. <laughs> <laughs> well, already when you name somebody like The Rock, I think of that Joe Rogan quote that he had about Brock Lesnar, where he goes, I'm not afraid that Brock Lesnar's going to fuck me. I'm afraid that Brock Lesnar's going to use me as a condom to fuck something bigger. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess I'll let you go first. Okay. My immediate reaction to this is I got to marry the Miz. I've watched Miz and Mrs. I see how good of a husband that guy is. That guy is going to go buy me a $1,000 cake at a moment's notice if it's going to mean my feelings are spared. So marrying the Miz, uh, 
I mean, look at Dwayne, man. Look at the work he puts into that body. That is the body of a man who's made to just be a passionate lover. Look at the smile. The guy's kind of like, he kind of looks like a penis. He just, he's just shaped like, he's Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I don't know. He's bald. He looks like a penis. <laughs> what, you're saying he's bald and veiny? He's just like, oh, yeah, he's a penis. <laughs> Dwayne's going to listen to this podcast. If Dwayne Ugh. hears this, and this is what ends up being the thing that me and Dwayne finally interact, fine. I can deal with it. I'll tag him in the the social media that plugs this episode, and hopefully he listens. So I think I'm going to have to, you know, because also he's never going to be around for me. He's a busy guy. He's got a lot of movies. He's always working out. I feel like the best time I'm going to have with Dwayne is really just getting to, to make sweet, passionate love and just see what happens. Yeah, that's hard to argue. And as far as Kevin Owens, he's friends with the majority of my favorite wrestlers. This really hurts me. I love Kevin Owens. Bye, sir. It would just be like me. Honestly, me and Kevin Owens having sex would just be like, I feel like jerking off into a mirror. <laughs> like <laughs> you keep saying this. You are not in Kevin Owens shape. You haven't seen me. Quit fucking I'm a fat shirt on wrestler. yourself for fucking sympathy. You are not Kevin Owens. Fine. I said it at Starcast. Fine. I'm marrying Kevin Owens then. Kill him, Miz. Does that make you happy? What are you doing, I, Derek? I am going to fuck The Rock. Let's be clear. Because he's a big one, veiny penis. The, yes. Yeah. No, I, I'm for all the same reasons you listed, he's he's athletic. He's a good looking guy. He probably knows what he's doing. He's he probably he's got enough a kids lot. that he's he's done it at least three times, twice, yeah, two or yeah, three times. The, the guy knows how to fuck. <laughs> we, we know that. But we haven't um, seen it in a movie yet. I think he fucked somebody in Walking Tall. And the Scorpion King. But I but haven't not, gotten to see like a like an Angelina Jolie, Benita, Antonio Banderas, original yeah. sin, uncut version, like real passionate, like 90s sex thriller like, where you see his ass a little bit while they're doing it. Like Tommy Wiseau. Yes. Yes. That's what you want. I guess. All right. Well, I guess that's what you're getting because I'm fucking the rock. I'm going to marry Kevin Owens. And I'm going to marry Kevin Owens because he's a good husband, on record, a good father on record longer than Miz because he actually goes and takes his kids to like Disneyland every fucking week. He gets into what sprinkle pools with them. He takes them to zoos. I'm just saying, like Miz has not been tested as a father fully yet. Owens has that experience. Seems like a good husband. Marrying Kevin. I'm killing the Miz. I'm not I'm not doing anything with a guy from Cleveland. Marrying or fucking. Derek, you claiming that Kevin Owens is a better father to Owen than the Miz is to Monroe Sky is very, very upsetting to me. Yeah. Well, that's something you're gonna have to deal with because the Miz First of all, if if killing the Miz gets me heat with you, that alone is worth it. If it's gonna break your fucking heart, and I get out of watching Miz and Mrs. episodes too. Derek, your name is officially Craig. I was waiting for it. I earned it. <laughs> I you got, got it. that Craig status for me. And if your name is Craig and you're a nice guy, I apologize. But and if I, you're from Cleveland, I apologize as well. I didn't mean it. <laughs> 
now this is the part of the show where we issue apologies. We issue apologies to Craig. We issue apologies to Dominic. We issue apologies to Lita, to The Rock. Everybody gets apologies. And my apologies to you if you're just here for the wrestling talk and not hearing about what we would do to these grown men. Yes. You know, if you don't like Fuck Mary Kill, you can let us know. If you love Fuck Mary Kill, let us know. Get on our social media. We're at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook, at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. Interact with us. We post pictures, do polls. We talk with you guys. We love talking wrestling. We do a podcast about wrestling. Hit us up. As we stated earlier, give us the five stars on iTunes. Give us the subscription, obviously. And if you have time, leave us a nice review, and we'll watch something that you request. Also, just on top of that, it really does help us out if you leave those reviews. Uh, it just, it, you know, algorithms, things with letting us get seen more on iTunes. It helps us, helps new listeners find us. Or, you know what? Just spread it to your friends. Tell your friends to listen. If you have a friend that likes wrestling, if you have a friend that just wants to hear us talk about doing sex with these men, that's fine, too. I'll keep talking about it. This is what we do. And we're going to do it whether you're here or not. Prefer that you be here for it. Tune in next week. Yeah, I think next week. week after let's, that. Let's say we're going to uh, check out some more of the May Young Classic or some of the May Young Classic and finally like delve into that. Hopefully we get some more reviews and some more uh, listener submissions because I am ready to see what you guys have for us next. This, was been, this has been fun as hell. Uh, I think I'm ready to get out of here. Are you, Derek? I'm ready to get out of here, man. You know what we got to do. What is that? Hit our goddamn music, man.